Verstappen wins World Championship. Track safety overshadows world title. And Latifi manages to find his way to P... <laughs> what? That's not right. Dave, is that right? Welcome to the Late Night Race Review. Welcome back, everyone, to the Late Night Race Review. I'm Dave Jericho, and I'm joined, as always, by Owen Scott and Azidro Gonzalez. Before we get stuck into the Japanese Grand Prix, though, I want to thank everyone for their continued support for the cast. And if you're new around here, hit that like, follow, or subscribe button. But I have to say now, I enjoyed the race today. I think we're going to be on different pages here, judging by uh, the tweet that Zedro put out on behalf of all of us. <laughs> but for a 40-minute race, it was eventful. We had uh, rain, dodgy tractors on track. We had some good racing, penalty controversy. Uh, struggled with that word there for a second. Yeah. Uh, Max Verstappen, crowned champion on a circuit as well that loves crowning world champions. This is the 12th time a world champion has been decided uh, at Suzuka. So a little bit of trivia there for everybody. But it was a it was a weird championship decider, though, I have to say. Between, like, there was a nice, that that exciting kind of push from Perez that forced the, the error from Leclerc, which gave him that five-second penalty. Then you had teams scrambling to figure out how many points were actually being awarded because of the change in the point system uh, changing for this season. And then Johnny Herbert just sort of throwing in after the the post race interviews, just kind of going, "Oh, uh, uh, by the way, uh, Max, you're, you're you're world champion," and he's sort of like, "Am I?" <laughs> and everyone's just saying, "Like, is he?" Look, world champion he is. Penalty or not, it was absolutely well deserved. There's no question about it. Uh, even today, like he showed why he deserves to be two time world champion. Just dominated that race in the wet conditions. Finished 27 seconds ahead of Perez after you know for only 40 minutes of racing, which is just an achievement in itself. But he had a bit of a slow start, but the balls to keep the foot down in those conditions, sort of, you know, to take the lead back from Leclerc sort of shows what he's all about this season and why he's, you know, he has what it takes to be a two-time world champion. But what did you think of his race today, Scotty? What did you make of it overall? Oh, absolutely immense. I mean, that that first corner alone off the start to, to push on the outside like that, have the balls to do that. It was exactly. like, you know, it, it was all or nothing. He was taking that corner, whether he was sliding off and hitting hitting the um, the wall, he was just going for it. And that's, that sums up Max Verstappen over the last, well, over the, his, his career, just absolute balls out going for it. And he was just absolutely immense. Um, what, a, what a fantastic driver and what a fantastic season um, he's had so far. Just, he's been absolutely incredible. And, and like you say, just that, Sheer balls to keep that foot down, going around the outside. You, you just thought, is is the rear just going to snap away from him there? You were waiting for it to happen, and it just never did. It just kept the grip. He's just unbelievable. It was the same in, I can't remember the race, and he was driving every time he was going for the overtakes. He was going to the to the wet side of the track. He was going off the racing line yeah. to, on those full wet tires and was just getting grip that nobody else was able to get. He's just, he's... um He's definitely up there with probably one of the greatest sort of uh, wet weather condition drivers that we've had in Formula One, I would say. Um, but I mean, his teammate, though, had a big hand in in deciding uh, his, his world title today. I mean, he kept the pressure on Leclerc, um, like I said, given that five second penalty for leaving the track, gaining a lasting advantage, which I have to say, I think was a bit harsh. But um, what do you make of the world championships as Idro being decided like it was today? Uh, just feels like Max dominating the season deserved a little bit more from from the finale. Yeah, he didn't. 
he's champion, but this race was not the, the right time or didn't have the right conditions or didn't show how much he deserved the race. The confusion that that happened all over the race, or even after the race, no one was really sure how many points or was he champion or not. He he was going he's going to be champion. If it was not today, it would be the following race or the other after. So sooner or later it would happen. It's a shame that it happened in this mess that was this race today mm. and the confusion. But overall, yeah, everyone knew that he was about to be champion. If it not, it was to be last weekend, but uh, it was sooner or later meant to happen. Yeah, like you say, we everybody knew he was going to win it. And it's just, it is, a, it is a bit of a shame, especially sort of the fireworks we had last season on what decided the world championship. I mean, this, this season, it just felt like someone took the world championship and dropped it down a flight of stairs. It just had that kind of, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. you know, it just was like, oh, okay, I'm at the bottom of the stairs now. Thanks. Like It just didn't have the same, the, the same uh, wow factor. And I say the guys in drive to survive are, scratching their heads now how they're going to make this one look <laughs> look exciting for next season yeah. but um i don't know, actually as well on that just speaking of um sort of uh disasters and stuff like that from today the cringeworthy moment did anyone see the the sort of the secret cool down room that max verstappen got ushered into with the the red velvet chair and the and the white fur throw it was yeah <laughs> it was, it was... It, it was like you went to, weird. It was like, it was like it was taken from Scarface or something like that. You're like, what are they doing? Like, even Who requested like, that. I don't know, but they had it set up ready to go. Someone thought it was a great idea that they, you know, let's have this at every single track just in case for Stappen <laughs> wins. But anyway, I saw Adrian Newey being interviewed, and I have to, I have to say, like him and his team have put together such an incredible car this season. Other than the issues they had in Bahrain, Australia which sort of got off the season to a rocky start. Like this car is just dominated. And with Max behind the wheel, I think it's just, it, it's just purely unstoppable this season. Uh, I'm kind of thinking, surely these guys now are going to go on a, to wrap up the constructors title. Well, actually, no, they're going to go up to, I would say they're going to go and wrap up this constructors title now. Um, comfortably Scotty. Um, what, what do you think? I mean, it'd be their first constructors title in eight years, which I couldn't believe it when I heard Christian Horner mention it. Yeah, it's it's actually crazy when you, you look at how dominant they've they've been, um that it's the, their first in a while. But yeah, no, I I don't see any other result now. They're they're comfortably ahead. They're in six hundred and nineteen points to Ferrari's four fifty four. So, and uh, the way that that Checo is starting to come into his own a little bit in the last few races, um, I really think they have this down. And and I think Perez will will take number two in the drivers' um title as well. I think they've they've got it sewn up all around by the looks of it. Yeah, I I'd agree with that as well. And yeah, Perez really is coming into form. Well, he, not coming into form. He's been a he's been a phenomenal wingman for yeah. um for Max, not just this season but last season as well. So I think oh, we said this at the start of the season where we were saying that you know the constructors was going to be decided by the number two drivers, and I think we can clearly see. And I I know Ferrari are with you know have their their troubles elsewhere, but just I don't think science has had that consistency this season that yeah. Perez has had um, to, to allow the team to, to kind of compete with Red Bull in the, in the constructors. But, um, but I mean, surely, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's sort of great timing though for Honda Zidro. I mean, they announced uh, that they're sort of strengthening their partner, extending and strengthening their partnership uh, between themselves and Red Bull. So, 
I mean, it couldn't come at a better time, especially for the race weekend. I mean, you know, there was just Honda sponsorship everywhere. Honda up there c- collecting the trophy on behalf of Red Bull. I mean, just absolutely, yeah, they couldn't have timed it better. Are, are we looking at a team now between Ferrari, or sorry, Ferrari, between Red Bull and Honda? Are we looking at a team now, sort of an era dominating team here until the end, or until the 2026 regulation change, maybe? Yeah, I would say so. This is the the right time to announce the the strength on the partnership. The, it's been working great for Red Bull and so far, and I imagined next year it will be the same. If Mercedes uh, did something, uh, learn a few things in the past uh, in the past few races, uh, if can match Red Bull next year, we'll see. But Red Bull is definitely it was very strong this year, and I imagine it will be stronger next year. So. We'll see yeah. how that goes. Yeah, they have a lot to build on for next season. And I think even Ferrari, even though they had a good car this year, like they had their own sort of internal issues and stuff like that, which we won't uh, jump back into again. Um, but I think they will have a strong car. Ferrari will have a strong car next year. But I think you're right. I think Mercedes are probably more likely if they can get their car right, whether that's changing their sort of the philosophy that they've they've approached it with this season or not. Um, if they can get that right for next season, I think between having a strong race car, having a strong um, sort of racetrack team, a race side team, um, making good strategy calls and stuff like that, I think they're probably the likely contenders next season to Red Bull, whereas Ferrari could have an equally competitive car, but I think maybe they'll let themselves down uh, sort of with on-track decisions. What do you think, Scotty? Just a point on on Ferrari. Isn't it interesting looking back at the start of the season when we saw that the 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 effort that had gone into this Ferrari car and the hopes that we had for for the season, and mm. looking to where it is now? Yeah, that Ferrari, the failure at Ferrari this season has just been incredible. Allowing Mercedes to come back into the 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 championship the way they have, and there has something has to happen at Ferrari coming into next season whether it's leadership change, some sort of dynamic has to change there, that this has been a, an unbelievable failure by Ferrari, I think. Yeah, I think definitely they need to regroup at the end of the season, sit down and assess what's gone on, whether they will or not, because I think everybody else, fans have looked at this and assessed it and can clearly see sort of where issues lie and who needs to, who needs to be uh, sort of given the boot. But I'll be honest, I don't think they will. I have a feeling it'll be Bonato. I still think it'll be the same strategy team, maybe a few tweaks here and there, but largely I think it will be the same crew um, coming into next season. I, that's just a, a feeling that I have, but um, yeah. but we'll see. But I mean, sorry, go on, Isidro, you something to say? Uh, yeah, not on the Ferrari, but on the budget cap. I wonder if the, the announcement on Monday will reflect how the teams will behave next year. Especially Red Bull, it's the it's the one that's been uh, more, let's say, people complaining. And by people, I mean Binotto uh, and uh, Toto. So well, we'll see I, how that goes. Yeah, I think the budget cap. I mean, we, I've uh, you know we've been working on a sort of a more in depth video that we're going to put out on YouTube probably at some stage next week. Um, sort of talking about the FIA budget cap and the precedent that this decision is going to make. And I think that it is going to have a big impact for certainly for next season. Now, whatever happens in terms of any potential penalties, um, sort of uh, affecting existing results, um, that's sort of irrelevant, really, in terms of the precedent that it's going to set. Because if they turn around 
and I don't want to get too much in detail because, like I said, we are going to release a video on this. Yeah. But if uh, if they do turn around and because they're they we're we're expecting sort of just minor breaches. Now those minor breaches, um, like Mattia Bonato has sort of said that he thinks that they could be worth up to zero up to 0.5 of a second per lap. Now, if we t- take that that take that as the high end, so say it's even 0.3 of a second per lap, 0.2 of a second per lap, even like that's still a huge advantage for any of the top teams. So, I think if the penalty for a minor breach, when a minor breach uh, allows for a 0.2 second advantage, if that penalty doesn't outstrip the gains that they've made, you could end up seeing sort of a tactical exploitation of the of the budget cap by teams realizing that we can we can exceed the budget cap within a minor breach window gain our 0.2 seconds that will maybe give us a race win it might give us an extra 20 30 40 points in a season and we're only going to get penalty x that doesn't sort of um reduce the the gains that we made yeah. so like i said we'll, we'll, we'll put out a video anyway to, to to go through this in a bit more detail mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, let's get back to the J- Japan. Um, like, so it was a day that should have been firmly like it should it should have been all about Max winning his second world title. Um, give or take the <laughs> falling down the stairs world championship that we ended up having as an ending. But there was big questions circling now and being asked of the FIA over sort of a major safety breach that we saw um, when we saw sorry a recovery vehicle out on track when you had F one cars still on track. Um, just under the sort of, I think we were under red flag conditions at the time. And most of them had passed the recovery vehicle at slow enough speeds, but it was Gasly who was trying to catch the back of the pack, who was going, now, uh, I don't actually have the speed he was going at the moment, but he was going at a fair lick. He was going pretty much uh, close to flat out to catch up on the back of the pack um, after he'd just come out of the pits repairing the damage from the sort of the lap one incident. Um, And, I mean, Gasly mentioned in an interview, he says here, I quote, quote him here from an interview, he says, I passed two meters from that crane. And if I was two meters to the left, I would have been dead. So the FIA, are, they're launching a full investigation into the events that took place. I mean, that's that goes without saying that that was going to happen. But I mean, it's hard to believe, though, Scotty, that on the same track and the same conditions that contributed to Bianchi's accident in 2014, which ultimately led to his death, we could have negligence of this level still to this day. It's yeah, it's unbelievable that that it was um, it was sitting on the track and that that the cars weren't in the pits uh, when it went out in the first place. But I mean, the, there is it was to allow the the race to flow a little bit better is the explanation, really, isn't it? That they they bring them down to a certain um, certain uh, speed, but it was the fact that he was trying to catch the back of the pack. No, no, no. That we're, we're t- talking about the 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 fact that there was the the recovery vehicle on track yeah sure. yeah but that that's um this the speed that they have to travel within uh while say the safety car is on track is to oh sorry i know where you're going with this sorry 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 go on is to allow for for things to be on the track and for you to uh, avoid them and to have enough time to avoid them basically is that right um sorry yeah so yeah i know where you're going with this so yes okay yes there is the red flag there's the safety car i mean there wasn't a safety car in this instance though it was a red flag we were talking about the red flag that the race was and was double yellow, so you had to slow down anyway. Yeah. The 
it, it so yeah so yes uh there is incidences obviously in the past where you've had safety vehicles out on track in dry conditions um and there's double yellow uh flags or a safety car to sort of bring those vehicles around or bring the f1 cars around to allow a recovery vehicle on track um or off track so yeah that has happened even though i've complained about that in uh, previous podcasts yeah. but that has happened the argument though or not the argument what has to be investigated on in this instance though is that it is wet conditions and mm -hmm. under no circumstances in the regulations and or sorry in the in the um sort of the safety rules under no circumstances should a safety vehicle be on track when there's cars on track under those conditions because and very uh, um, clearly obviously like i said because of what happened to bianchi now i know under with jules bianchi it was slightly different that that rule didn't exist in, yeah. the, in, in the safety procedures, that it was still uh, acceptable for a safety vehicle to be on track recovering a vehicle while the cars were going around. And in Jules Bianchi's case, they were going, he actually crashed under the safety car as well. He slid off on, under the safety car. Mm. But um, yeah, in this instance, yeah, it, it just, it should not have been there at all. Sorry, Guanya. Can I just ask the question, What was there communication back and forth between Alpha Tauri and Gasly to say, this is coming up. Please slow down. Watch out what's going on. It doesn't seem that there was any communication between the pit wall and Gasly. Yeah, I, I don't know on this. And actually, there's a, there's another point that people have been raising here as well about the penalty, because Gasly obviously got a penalty for speeding on the double yellow mm. um, to try and catch up with the pack. And I think he got a 20-second post-race penalty, uh, I think, and two points on his license, I think, something oh. to that effect. Right. Um. And a lot of people are kind of complaining, okay, there is the issue with what happened with the, the safety breach um, and the vehicle being on track in wet conditions. That is an issue and that has to be investigated. But you're right, like in terms of, um, you know, communication with Red Bull, or sorry, between uh, AlphaTauri and Gasly, I mean, he should have been told, like, you know, there is a red flag out there or, or sorry, uh, there, there's a safety car, red flag, double yellows, whatever it might have been, whether he, they hadn't communicated him, to him the status of the track because he was absolutely gunning it. So his penalty, I think, should have been a lot harsher yeah. um, given the conditions. I know we're all shocked at the fact that the safety car, or sorry, that the uh, support vehicle was on track in those conditions, again, heightened by what happened to Jules Bianchi. So, but taking that aside, he's just gone flat out under double yellows on a red flag track Um there could have been marshals out there. Forget it. Say, say there wasn't a, a recovery vehicle there. There could have been marshals on track, which a double yellow is uh, allows for. Uh, and he's going flat out. So, so yeah. So, so there's a couple of sides to the argument here, but I do think, yeah, there is a big issue there that the FIA have to investigate. Um, and looking at this incident, uh, Azidro, do you think this was a mistake from, do you think this was an individual's mistake on the track side? Or do you think it was a, a failure from the FIA in educating the marshals on track um, with the correct protocol that should have been deployed, um, I think it was. I think it was more a miscommunication to the marshals. They probably they from saw... the FIA to the marshals, or from sort of a sort of a uh, whatever you would call them, a, a sort of a lead marshal to to sort of uh, sort of uh, sort of someone below. I imagine to be more for the lead marshal to the other marshals on the race rather than FIA. Mm -hmm. I, I imagine that they saw all the cars. We're gone and thought, well, everyone is in the pits. Let's go. And they forgot about Gasly. But that even if the vehicle was not on track, they should definitely 
be more visible, even if they are on the track, because from the video that we've seen, Gasly passing by, we can barely see there's a tractor there. He's almost invisible. Exactly. With the, yeah. with the showers and the rain and yep. everything. So he definitely should have a lot of lights going on. But he and, shouldn't have, but whatever about lights going on, he shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, he shouldn't have been there. But if, if like it's Gasly, going to be there, even if the race is out, it should be visible for everyone, even the marshals themselves. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, there should be there should be better visibility, I think, for any of the safety crew and stuff like that that's out on track. I I I would rather not blame Gasly for going for speed over the limit on the track itself. It was more if it was visible, it was a different story. Ah uh, no, I think I think there, there there's blame on both sides, a hundred percent for di for different reasons. There's blame on the FIA side and the Marshall side for for allowing the breach and safety protocols of allowing uh, a vehicle on track in wet, wet conditions. That's that's I think that's a given, and I do think there is a blame to be put on not blame for the 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 uh, safety vehicle or sorry blame for the recovery vehicle or anything like that, but there is blame on Gasly's side in terms of speeding under the double yellow. Now, he could have he could have co come back out on track not knowing the, the, the conditions of the track, meaning that he didn't know whether there was a red flag, safety car, double yellows, or whatever. And then approaching the the safe, the recovery vehicle, God, I keep, can't stop calling it a safety car, the recovery vehicle, when approaching the recovery vehicle, he may not have seen the yellow flags with the, the conditions that were there. I mean, we saw from the, the onboard how difficult it was to see the recovery vehicle. He may not have seen the double yellows. He may not have known the condition of the track. So I think it was up to maybe the team to inform him of that, if that was the case. But either way, if he did know, I mean, going at that pace through double yellows, if he did know and he only got a 20-second time penalty, I think that's that's not a penalty that's in um, uh, in keeping with the the, the sort of the offence. Uh, what were you going to say, Scotty? Yeah, I, I think there's 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 several. It's it's not a case of there is one person to blame for this thing happening. There's several things to assess here. That that vehicle shouldn't have been there, and it's not like from from AlphaTauri's side that these cars are. There's not like cameras, uh, a gap in the cameras, and you don't see the car from when it goes from turn one to turn three or something like that. And there's no communication. They are monitored the whole way around the track. Mm. There's a camera on the car. You can clearly see and communicate with that car all the way around. So Alpha Tauri are at fault for not communicating to Gasly. Gasly's at fault for speeding. And there is a, there is blame to be um, put in a, the, at the FAA's uh, feet for having that vehicle out there. There were several things wrong here. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, this is a good point. Alpha Tauri would have seen the, the, the data coming back at the, the speed that he was going at on a track that they knew was under... Uh, red flag conditions and <clears throat> excuse me and uh, with a double yellow so yeah they, they could have and should have relayed to him I suppose that's what we're saying like you know um, so yeah I think there is a couple of people at, 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 at fault here mm. uh, so yeah zero maybe Alpha Tari doesn't uh, was not concerned about the penalty since it's not their driver anymore yeah <laughs> so that that's problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's someone else's issue he can bring those penalty points with him the conspiracy theory central here yeah yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that's hardcore conspiracy stuff that is though jesus you won't get into the club with that <laughs> um all right well let, let, let's wrap it up now I, like we'll finish up though just to just to sort of um to put a summary on that, like it, it was definitely a couple of different incidences that happened, but that safety, that safety vehicle recovery vehicle shouldn't have been on that track. Um, and I think the FIA 
should investigate this there. They will investigate it. I think there'll probably won't be much comes from it other than uh, sort of a, like Isidro said, maybe a miscommunication with a marshal um, that, that led to them going out on track. I don't think the FAA are going to come out and say that there's any issue with their procedures. You know, they're going to say that our procedures clearly state this is what should have been done and it wasn't followed. So they're not going to take any blame for it. Um, I think they'll just come down to an on-track martial um, issue. But um, but anyway, look, let's wrap that one up. There's, uh, we could waffle on uh, all day on that one. But there was still some good racing to be had, though, uh, on the track. There were some good battles up and down. Um, I mean, you had Perez on Leclerc. That was good. You had Alcon's defense against Hamilton. You had all the overtakes from Russell. Um, coming from the, after his uh, disastrous sort of double stack um, early pit stop. Uh, you'd Vettel crossing the line with Alonso um, to take sixth place. And I think he was like within one one hundredth of a second um, after him spinning on lap one, going down to the back of the pack. And of course, we had the legend himself, Latifi, getting a P9. Um, and as uh, as the lad said here, sticking it to Nick DeFries. If you can get points, I can get points. <laughs> um, so who's winning drive of the day here? Um, I mean, we have to exclude the the freaking HR Max Verstappen because we know he was going to put everybody to the sword today for driver of the day. It was just, it was a dominating performance. But out of the rest of the grid for me, I have to say, I think I'm going to go with the defensive drive from Ocon, uh for, for my sort of driver of the day. Uh, I mean, he was defending from Hamilton for the vast majority of that race. I don't think now Hamilton had the straight line speed to take Alpine to, to, to take that Alpine anyway. But on the corners, I mean, we saw how Russell was able to overtake on the corners on good tires. So I, but I just think on the corners, Ocon was positioning his car absolutely perfectly um, and just really making a headache uh, for, for, for Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, whether Hamilton had enough tires left over to attack or not, I don't think that takes away from uh, from what Ocon did today for me anyway. So that that's my driver of the day, my my moment of the day, I guess. Um, what about yourself, Scotty? Who's your who would you give the battle or driver of the day to? Um, I I would agree with the team. Uh, I have to say that uh, Alonso and that that call to come in and get the new set um, of inters with eight laps to go, making up the places that he made. I I would have to go for Alonso today. I thought that was a masterstroke. Actually, uh, and that's a good question, actually, because how did Alonso not get? Because didn't Joe get the uh, the fastest lap of the race? Yeah, that's yeah, official. He he yeah, has yeah. that. So I haven't checked this. So how I'm just curious how Alonso didn't manage to put in uh, the fastest lap when he went out on and when he, he got out there on because he was putting in a hell of a lap time yeah. when he was when he was catching up to um, was it Russell? I think he was catching up to hmm. um, when he when he just came out first and he was I think it was like I think it was five six seven seconds or something like that behind Russell hmm. and he was catching him at like a rapid rate. So I'm just wondering how. Alonso didn't end up with the the fastest lap there. Um, hey, when did Joe set his fastest lap? Can you remember when that was? It must have been fairly late on. That's a good question. I don't know that either. <laughs> yeah, that shows how awake I was for the race. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't know. It was on lap twenty. Lap least. twenty. So I mean, right. it's still a drying track and a and a sort of balding set of inters on lap twenty. Oh uh, no, lap twenty they would have been out on fresh inters, wouldn't he? Mm. Yes, yeah, just so, uh, just out on on the fresh enters probably. Yeah, so, uh, no wait, lap twenty. Sorry, hang on a second. Jesus, this shows where I was now with this race. We only had twenty eight laps. That's yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so he would have been out on. Uh, so did he? 
Was it the first lap of, of the fresh tires? Maybe so, we should stop embarrassing ourselves and talking about it. <laughs> it's so, clear the three of us don't know. Actually, and Azidro, go on. You've got the facts here. The, the fastest lap on lap 20, and this fastest lap was 144.411, and Alonso did the 144.4112 on mm. lap right, 25. Okay. So yeah. it's just minimal difference, but uh, it gave Joe the fastest lap. All right. So what we're saying is none of us knew what was going on in this race, <laughs> and... Uh, We've just embarrassed ourselves for nothing because Joe did get the fastest lap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's swiftly moving on. Azidra, <laughs> who who are you giving your uh, your, your driver of the day to? Uh, Ocon. I agree with you. The the battle between Ocon and Hamilton beats all the other battles across. The way that Ocon was able to defend against Hamilton, I mean, Hamilton is a seven time winner. He knows all the tracks he knows how to race yeah he has a better car than the alpine but still Ocon was able to uh, defend from all the attacks yeah until the i end thought it was race. great yeah yeah, so yeah it I was to, it was great to see the the Ocon able to defend and get the before he well deserved the before today yeah no 100 percent. i agree with that um definitely agree uh, Scotty, you are not on the same page. No, nope. you are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, I have to get my weekly defense of Mick Schumacher in. I know everyone's going, <laughs> the fanboy is back again. The leader but of I... the race, Mick Schumacher. That's what you mean. Which the leader of the race, the leader Mick... of the race, Mick Schumacher. Yeah, I, I just, I think he got absolutely shafted by his team today. I mean, he was. Mm. I get, I get the gamble. I know they were, they were gonna, they played the safe game with Kevin Magnuson, brought him in for inters like everybody else did, and sort of then thought rather than double stack, retain track position with Mick and pray for a safety car. Perfect, no problem there. Absolutely sound strategy. Give it a go. What else are you gonna tr- chance? But when it was clear it wasn't like the, the, his tires were just gone. And he was dropping back at a rapid rate. I, like, I mean, I can't quite remember the seconds he was dropping, but I mean, he was getting caught by a, a, a large number of seconds per lap. It was a brutal, brutal sight to see. And still, the team were just like, no, no, there's going to be a safety car. And you're thinking, even if there is a safety car now, it makes no difference. Like, he's going to still come out way back now. You've, you've absolutely stuffed the race. Like, you're, you're, mm. the window of bringing him in between the safety car chance happening and him being effectively brought in for a set of inters is gone. You're, you've missed that window. So they then bring him in late. Uh, he ends up at the back. I think he gained a few places, but largely uh, he's just, he's absolutely, yeah, he got absolutely screwed by his team there, I think, on that decision on when to bring him in. Um, but I mean, look, look, I know he hasn't been um, blame-free in the performances and the results this season. I know he had the incident there in um free practice one i think it was i think it, at the end of doing he was do, he'd done the practice starts off the grid and then crashed the car going into into the pits so i know he he's he look he's not without his mistakes but i think like Haas and gunter steiner especially like are sort of bang out of order with the public criticism that they continuously give to schumacher given that he's not that far behind Kevin Magnussen. I mean, in recent races, he's been finishing ahead of Kevin Magnussen. There was probably a chance he would have finished ahead of Kevin Magnussen today had the team not absolutely stuffed them. So, yeah, look, that's my that's my defense this week. I absolutely can't stand the way they they, they publicly criticize him every week. But uh, I don't know. Does anyone have any 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 point on Mick Schumacher? Do they agree, do you agree with me or... or uh... 
Zero? Yeah, I think uh, Mick Schumacher was, he did very well on this race. It was his team that is there, was not doing the right decisions, not uh, taking, they thought it would be like Singapore that just had the virtual safety cars and safety cars all over the place. This was not, so yeah. Mick Schumacher, he did well this race despite no points and everything. So yeah, I think going forward, Mick Schumacher should definitely uh look at maybe Williams. I think this week Williams was saying that uh kind of Mick Schumacher could be an option for them. I think it will be better going forward, Schumacher for Williams. I mean just he has their problems, but uh I think going forward would be a better choice than Haas. Yeah, I think Haas probably have a better car at the moment than Williams, but I just think it looks like Haas is a bit of a toxic environment for Schumacher at the moment. Like, uh, now I'm not sure. Maybe it's not. It just looks like it from the outside with the constant scrutiny, public uh, scrutiny and stuff like that that's happening. Um, Scotty, before we move on, it's a prerequisite. Defend Mick Schumacher, please. You've got 30 seconds. Go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I agree. It, it does seem as if there's something uh, awry at Haas between uh, Mick and in particular Gunther for some reason. Mm. Um, even if the car is in a, a better condition than the Williams, I think it's better for, for Mick Schumacher to move on at this stage. The, it was a gamble, um, and they, they are more than happy to take the gamble with Mick Schumacher, not Magnussen uh, by the looks of things, Yeah, which is very interesting. If the gamble had paid off, however, we would have and could have been looking at a, a possible podium for Schumacher, which would have been amazing. Oh, pants down celebrations. Yeah, which again <laughs> forces Haas into a situation where they've got a driver who's on the podium that they are not particularly backing at the moment. So I, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's time for for Mick to, to get out while the, while the getting's good on this one. Can you, can you imagine actually yeah, Mick getting the, the podium? A second, even a second place, or something like that, yeah. and then has have to turn around saying, "Yeah, we're not renewing his contract." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's an awkward conversation. Yeah, but so. um, all right. Well, look, that that wraps up Japan for us, and now to our predictions game, everybody. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> we know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let me start with reading out mine for this week. I went with Verstappen P1. Yeah. Oh, look at this one. Leclerc P2, which should have actually happened, but it so didn't. Close. So close. Um, Hamilton P3, which, again, I did think there was a possibility. I thought, had he gotten past Ocon, maybe there was there was a chance. But anyway, didn't happen. Goose egg. Let me read out my predictions for Japan. <laughs> And let me read this slow so I can enjoy every second. I picked Verstappen number one, which happened. So I'll take a point for that. Thank you. Um, I predicted then Sergio Perez P2, which very nearly didn't happen. Um, but it did happen. So I got a point for that too. And then... Slow up now, Scotty. You're in danger of having a stroke. <laughs> Not only did I pick Perez P2, I picked Leclerc P3. So... I foresaw the uh, the five second penalty. I knew it was coming, um, and I am Mystic Meg. There we go. You are a jammy sod. <laughs> Dick mode initiated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Isidro. Oh, what was no. your what was uh, what do you have in reserve here for to to battle Scotty? Nothing. I had Max <laughs> first. 
Charles Leclerc second and uh, George Russell third. Oh, so amateurs. Nothing. Oh, it <laughs> doesn't get any better for me. Oh, sorry, just seeing you. All right. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My flop was Perez. Did not happen. Zero. Let Scotty. me read this nice and slow. Want me to My... dust off your podium before you hop up on? <laughs> My flop today was a Carlos Sainz DNF. Beautiful. Man, when I get it right, I get it really right. Uh, but it only happens once or twice a season. <laughs> that is absolutely ridiculous. Isidro. Oh, I had the <laughs> both Aston Martins outside top 10. Oh. <laughs> Oh, it was a ballsy move. It was yeah. it was Max on the outside in wet conditions, but it didn't happen. You lost the rears and you <laughs> you crashed into the barrier. Yeah. Uh, I went with a for my surprise. I went with Ricardo inside the top ten, and I thought I had it, and then I, yeah, he finished P eleven. Yeah, you were um, the only one surprised. Yeah. The, this is the only one that I didn't get right this week. I said Albon top 10. I'm, I'm very surprised that this didn't come true because I'm a genius. But this didn't happen. So there you I go. mean, to be fair, if Latifi managed to get P9, had Albon yeah. not had his engine issues, he yeah. possibly could have been in top 10. He could have won the just... race <laughs> by that measure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you would have just had a fucking clean slate. Imagine. Oh, oh, unbelievable. All right, Isidro. I mean, we know what's coming here, so let's just... Yeah. My surprise was uh, Yuki Tsunoda in top 10. He disgraced his family. <laughs> not get any points in Japan. Sepuku! <laughs> you must commit Harry Carey. <laughs> All right. All right. Zero. Ah, oh, Jesus. All right. That means the table looks like this. Oh. Dave <laughs> on seven points. Owen Scott now tied at the top with yeah. also with seven points. Goal difference. And a zero fucking goal <laughs> difference if it comes down to that now. <laughs> um, and then a zero in third on, uh, well, technically you're in second, a zero <laughs> 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 on six. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Um, all right. Good. Let's let's look forward to the uh, the circuit of the Americas, the United States Grand Prix. Um, all right, I'm going absolutely mad on this one well not for my p1 but maybe for the rest so i'm going uh for stappen obviously uh to win the race and then for p2 because he loves this track he loves america is mr lewis hamilton the mm. poster boy for formula one in america uh i'm predicting good things and i'm gonna go with now this is where i'm not sure, sure on my p3 here let me just put a little caveat in here <laughs> um because I, who I've gone for me, like, yeah, okay, look, I've gone for Perez here, P3, but that's sort of now I have to say, well, that means that Leclerc and, and Sainz are going to be fourth and fifth or not finish or something, which I'll be honest, I don't see that happening either. So I'm not 100% sure on my P3. It could be any one of those three. So I just sort of had to flip a coin and uh, and just pick someone randomly. So Perez it is. Uh, at this stage, you kind of have to take a punt on something in order to kind of stand out. Apparently, this, so. Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have fair, fairly similar ideas to you, to be honest, just in a, in a slightly different order. I went with Verstappen 1, Perez 2, and Hamilton 3. Like you said, this the this is Mr. America is um, is it's, is going to take third, I think, yeah, in this one. It's his, it's his jam. Yeah, absolutely. Is he draw? 
I'm going with Max Verstappen first, Charles and Aston Martins, and George Russell third. Sorry, I spoke over you there. What did you say? <laughs> Verstappen first, Verstappen P2. first, Leclerc second, Leclerc. and Russell third. Mm. Russell. So we but we all have a Mercedes car in there. Yeah, I was a little bit too more trigger happy than you guys playing it safe there in your P3. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. All right, my flop. Uh, I'm not sure whether you're going to give this to me, but I'm going to go with both McLarens outside top 10. Now, considering Lando Norris is Mr. P7, I yeah. thought maybe I would get, and he finished P10 today, so it's not like he's he's ever consistently outside the top 10. So I was yeah, wondering. I can give you that. Yeah, I think that's okay. Both as well in the same race is, yeah. is rare enough. So yeah, I think that's okay. Okay, both McLarens. Uh, out T10. Jesus Christ, that's gone over there. I really need to extend this Excel sheet. Uh, <laughs> that, was a long, that was a long sentence. All right, Scotty, who's your flop? I'm not sure if you're going to give me this one either, to be honest, but the fact that it's a DNF, um, I might get it. So uh, Vettel DNF, he was in the top 10 today. Oh, here. Is that a tricky one? It's a DNF now. It's not a finishing outside the top 10. The, the car is not going to finish the race. However, it is an Aston Martin, so I can see. Now, I, <laughs> now I'll, I'll let uh, Isidro have the final judgment on this, but my personal choice would be on this, that I think he needs to call whether it's going to be a driver error or okay. a, a mechanical issue. Okay. I know yeah, what I'm I going agree. for there. Big one. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go for... Enough. Yeah, it's going to be the car that's going to break down. It's Okay. Mecha <laughs> oh. Mechanical. That, that's, that's easy. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Okay. All right. Azidro, who have you got on your flop? Carl Sainz. Yeah. Again, two two weeks in a row. Yeah. Big odds on that. It's, yeah. Uh, he's not happy anymore. So, so a crash he's doesn't really to... matter exactly. A DNF we will do on him. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Uh, my surprise. Uh, I'm gonna go with Albon top ten. Um, it's it it it. it uh, I I I I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I I I think it sh he should go well in this, but I mean, my top ten is not coming from pure pace off Williams. I think it. Yeah. I, I'm just expecting stuff to happen ahead of him, um, that will maybe get him into that top ten. It is a complete hail mary punt. Yeah, I I wouldn't. At the same time, I wouldn't be amazingly surprised by it. But yeah, no, it definitely it is outside of the realms of possibility. I'd yeah. Um, All right, go on. Scotty. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I'll get this one either. I'm going to say Ricardo top 10. Um, he really likes uh, America as well, going around in his fucking cowboy hat, talking an American accent. I think he's going to get top 10. I would a... go for a position. Really? Would you go, would you go position? Is the same going? Danny Ricardo that has been absolute pants all yeah, season. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. What do you yeah. think? No, no position, just a... top 10. All yeah. right. Danny Flopcardo is what he, should. Go, he, so. he loves the circuit of the Americas as well. Like he's a he's, yeah. Like if he's gonna do well on a race, it's gonna be this one. All right. Well, that's that's yeah. That's the benefits of making that decision, I guess. Hmm. All right, Azidro, who have you got as your surprise? Well, let's see if I can get this one. So my surprise will be at least one Williams or one Haas in top ten. Oof. That's no, that's four you're, cars. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 taking a punt that at least one in four is going to finish in the top ten. That's yeah, like but... me kind of saying, I yeah, either either a Haas 
an Alfa Romeo, a Williams, or an Aston Martin is going to finish inside the top ten. That's my that's my prediction. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about Williams at. Absolutely Rarely. no. If no, you were to turn no, around and say both Haas in the top ten or both Williams in the top ten, I I I'd, I'd say a prayer for you and say we'll have at it. But no way. You can't have four cars on the off chance one of them gets into the top ten. Here's my top three predictions for next week. Anyone that is racing, <laughs> yeah, anyone that has four that wheels on enough? their car, come check lights out. Uh, no, yeah, I'm no, sorry, Zedra. You're gonna have to, down there, buddy. Yeah, you're gonna have to come come up with something better. Okay, so. Let's say Mick Schumacher top ten. Yeah, why not? Yeah. You, you were defending yeah, yeah. him earlier, so fucking, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, well, okay. it's yeah, happening, Isidro or Scotty. <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't uh, predict it, so it probably will. Happen, exactly. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Albon's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Circuit of the Americas. I, I I like that track now. I have to say. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode, folks. Um, we've a bit of a break now till the next race review. Uh, I think next up, Circuit of the Americas, United States. Looking forward to looking forward to it. But yeah. we'll be back, though, uh, next week. We'll probably do a roundup of the latest going on in F1. Uh, also, keep your eyes on the YouTube channel. We are going to start releasing some content there probably within the next week or two. Um, so, uh, yeah, keep keep the eyes peeled. Uh, as always, if you want to get in touch, you can reach us at feedback at Late Night Race Review or drop a comment below on YouTube or stalk us on the DMs in Instagram or on Instagram and Twitter. Until next week. Yeah.